Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, um, and I'm broadcasting today from the bright red desk on July 7th, 2019. Uh, we are in eclipse season. The eclipse happened on Monday. Quite a few people, uh, Tuesday last week, quite a few people reported changing things, seeing things, stuff they never saw. They were like, oh, my God, I never saw that before. Kind of an aha moment for folks. And then we are now building to the full moon eclipse, which takes place in a couple of weeks. Uh, Not that long, actually. It takes place on next Tuesday, the 15th, the 16th, and that is a full moon eclipse. So in the new to full, the stuff that we saw last week where we went, wow, I never knew that before or I didn't know that before, now we have to figure out how to process it, how to work with it, what to do with it. And then we get to the full moon, and we see stuff we, you know, we emotionally process things. And then we go the next two weeks to the new moon, which is on um, the 31st of July, and that new moon is at uh, 8 Leo. So we're in the buildup. The new to full is when we really kind of go, okay, I had that aha moment. Last week where I saw something maybe I hadn't seen before or I'd, I'd known about it, but I hadn't really done anything about it or I didn't really think about it. And now we have an illumination and we're getting that aha. And now we're going to the how do I want to handle it full moon. And then we release that energy and then we send it off into the universe and then we uh, release down into the new, right? So the eclipse also because it's a full moon, we look back to when the new moon happened. So the new moon happened in January of 18, uh, of you know 20 months ago, and then there was an opening square last October, October of 18, when it was the moon was in Cancer and the sun was in Libra, kind of a test of the relationship. And now there's a full moon with the moon in Cancer opposite the Saturn, uh, opposite the sun. Uh, sorry, the moon in Capricorn opposite the sun in Saturn, in Cancer, and that moon in Capricorn is hanging out with the Pluto and the the Saturn, right? So a lot of energy um, rolling around. And you may find you're really tired. Like I had a really restless night, not last night, but the night before, like five hours of sleep, which is really rare for me. I'm a good sleeper. And so last night, I went to bed early, and I blew past three alarms this morning that were set to wake me up because I had stuff to do early in the morning. Didn't do any of it. Woke up around 10 of 11 for my first appointment. I'm like, oh, my God, not my first appointment, my second appointment. I missed my first appointment. I slept right through it. So I'm like, wow. And I've been running nonstop all day. And eclipses exhaust you. I mean, they take away, they drain you on some level because the sun and the moon, the lights are going away. And so you're kind of releasing on some level, but it's also very cosmic. You know, literally when the sun, when the earth, when, you know, the the way a solar eclipse happens is the moon goes in front of the sun. And because the moon is 400 times closer to us than the sun is, they appear, it's an optical illusion. It takes the sun away. And, of course, leading up to the, the new moon eclipse uh, in solar eclipse, it's also a solar eclipse, last week was you know we had the power outages in paraguay and uruguay and all that stuff and they were kind of like we saw them um and the lights go out you know the sun radiates our body our earth here with thousands of electromagnetic rays 
and it turns the lights off. It's kind of like your computer crashes or you crash. So I crashed. I mean, I mean, I had a good 12 hours of sleep last night, which was great. But I mean, I blew through alarms, you know, which I normally, you know, the, the little annoying one that my cell phone normally wakes me up. And I woke up this morning and was like, I tried. <laughs> and you just slept right through me. Uh, and I did. I just, but you want to honor, you might be overtired, you might be like wiped, you might be just like exhausted and need to go to bed. Um, that's all part of eclipse energy. It often brings in a summer cold or a cold energy. A lot of people were sniffling and sneezing last week. Um, and the energy of the eclipse really wants us to um, to process deeply, to really kind of understand it. And of course, the you know we do have the Saturn and the Pluto on the south node. And so last week when I was at that astrology conference out in Grand Ar- in Great in, in Ann Arbor, the Great Lakes Astrology Conference. One of the guys who I know um, got just became a leader of the NCGR National, and I congratulated him on it. And he said to me, ah, yeah. He said, but Michael Luton, Michael Luton's a famous astrologer here in New York, said, who would want to be president of anything with Saturn and Pluto on the south node? Because we're really restructuring our authorities, the foundations, how we believe things, what the structures are. So we're watching all these earthquakes because Saturn and Pluto are in Earth, Capricorn, on the south node. So California's like, well, we thought that was the biggest one, but now we just had a bigger one. So that one was actually just a warm-up. You know, that's Saturn-Pluto. It's the structures beneath our feet are really shifting and changing. And the structures of our bodies are changing, so they need extra sleep. The structures of our minds are changing. We're having aha moments. We're going to have the moon go through that Saturn and Pluto and activate them this week. We're going to have the sun oppose Saturn and Pluto this week and have us see the structures that we brought in and say, you know, that's the structure. I have responsibility for this. Saturn. I don't have responsibility for that. South node, let it go. I understand the triangle that I'm in, Pluto on the south node. Do I want to play in that triangle anymore? Well, I have a responsibility to that triangle. I'm going to stay in it. I don't have a responsibility to that triangle. I'm not going to stay in it. So it's very clarifying. This, these eclipses are very clarifying because as the sun goes through the north node, he's inviting you to see what it is you're trying to grow, and see how that growth process is doing. And, of course, the new moon was in Cancer with a hard aspect, and then there was a nice Leo moon, which was very creative. And then this weekend, the Virgo moon, Saturday, Sunday, again, very creative. Monday, Tuesday, we get into Libra moon, not so creative, ending energy, saying, no, no, I'm not responsible for that. And then we get into the Scorpio moon, creative energy. And then we get into the Sag moon, maybe a little of this, maybe a little of that energy, and then we get into the Capricorn moon on the full moon next week, ending energy. So it's a very interesting week where depending on the day, and remember the moon rules the sun, so every time the moon changes signs, the sun changes emotions. So that today and yesterday the moon was in Virgo. I mean, I had, you know, I worked really hard. I worked from 11 to 11 last night, actually closer to 12. And then I today I, I didn't wake up till 11, and I've worked now till now, and uh, and I still have work to do tonight. So I'm like, I, you know, it's a Virgo moon. I know I'm, I know I work on the Virgo moons. I love the Virgo moons, but Libra moon tomorrow and Tuesday is kind of more okay. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Then the Scorpio moon later in the week is, oh, yeah, that sounds good. So it's just kind of know that emotionally you're going to shift as these um, as the moon changes every two and a half days 
into a new sign and that that's okay. It's not a stable emotional time. Um, and it is also a time of disruption because we're also having Mars and Mercury meeting up this week. So there's a, there's a deal getting made with Mercury and Mars meet up. It happens once every two years or so. And Mars is squaring Uranus, which happens once every uh, two years also. So Mars square Uranus says, I don't want to do that or I want to break free from that. And Mars meets Mercury and it says, I want to do this. This is something I want to do. So there's commitment energy this week and there's also breakup energy this week. And sometimes it's breaking up the old thing to commit to a new thing. And sometimes it's breaking up the old deal that we had and coming up with a new deal. So part of it is, you know, being aware of what you want. Now, the other thing that happens today, literally right now as we're speaking, Mercury is stopped in the sky. He stations to go, he's stopped in the sky. He stations to go retrograde in a few hours. Um, he goes retrograde tonight at 7.15 p.m. Hopefully the Block Talk Radio will load properly because he always goes a little crazy on uh, on the Mercury station retrogrades. But Mercury's going to station to go retrograde today, uh, tonight at 7.15 um, East Coast time at 4:27 p.m. or four, four degrees 27 minutes of le- stationing at 7:15 p.m. and then he goes backwards until the last week in July until July um, 31st when he sta- when he stations to go direct again. So Mercury retrograde invites us to really work with um, the energies, and I do invite you to check out my Instagram. <laughs> I we had Gemma and I do these Instagram videos. And um, we did one, I did one with Mercury Retrograde. I'm not sure if it's up yet. I shouldn't actually tell you to do that. But anyway, the Astrologer and the Alchemist, uh, if, it, if it's not up today, it'll be up tomorrow. Um, Mercury's Retrograde. So I have a Mercury statue here in my house. <laughs> so I was running Mercury in front of my face and running him back. So as Mercury stations to go retrograde, we change our mind. We come up with a new idea. We come up with a new deal. We come up with a new opportunity. Don't be afraid to move forward on Mercury retrogrades, but understand that part of what you're doing is you're renegotiating. You're negotiating the new way of seeing things. Um, If you have Mercury retrograde in your chart by natally or by progression, Mercury retrogrades are not necessarily bad things. They're when you get stuff. So I have a client who's got a couple interviews this week and next week, and she was a little nervous because it's Mercury retrograde. I said, well, actually, your chart gets good stuff on Mercury retrogrades. And we went through a couple of the earlier, and she's like, oh, you're right, I do get good stuff on Mercury Retrograde. So don't be afraid of Mercury Retrograde. But also Mercury Retrograde wants to bring back the ghosts, meaning the people from your past. They want to come back. They want to talk to you. They want to make amends. They want to say, hi, how are you? I've been thinking of a couple people I really want to get in touch with. Uh, I haven't reached out yet, but I was thinking, oh, you know, I haven't talked to them in a while. I should really call them. Or, you know, I'd seen something on Facebook, and it made me a little... I should check in on that and see how that's going. So kind of watch who you want to talk to, who comes to mind for you on the Mercury Retrograde. Be their ghost. Give them a call and say, hi, I'm your ghost, checking in. And also if ghosts call you, people from your past call you, take the call. I mean, unless they're a serial killer or something, you know, take the call and say, yeah, so how you doing? What's up? Because Mercury Retrograde is a time for us to reconnect and ponder what we had. And, of course, Mercury right now is square Uranus. So in addition to being kind of a big breakup aspect, Mercury square Uranus is an aha moment aspect where you go, aha, I get it. I understand it now. I see it in a new way that I hadn't seen it before. I didn't think of it that way. So it's always helpful to have Mercury 
um, conversation. So I have a wonderful favorite person in the world named Lorraine Neidhart, who is one of my Mercuries. She's born on, she's a Gemini, born on the last day at the last hour of Gemini, 29 degrees, 59 minutes. And Lorraine is one of those people that always, whenever I hang out with her, I always get some new knowledge. So we went to see Hades Town this week. And of course, you all know, I've been to see Hades Town. Now I've been to see it twice. <laughs> and it still is good. So definitely go see Hades Town when it comes to a theater near you. Um, but we were sitting talking afterwards. We went out for a bite. And, um, you know, I was celebrating her birthday because uh, she's a Gemini. It was a little late, but that's when I could get the tickets for. And um, we were talking, and, and she said something. I was, I was worried about something, and she said, well, you know, Anne, you are a Virgo. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, and Virgos are kind of naive. And I'm like, wow. And she goes, so maybe don't be so hard on yourself. Maybe just go, yeah, I am, I am kind of naive. I always think people are going to. People are going to play fair, and they don't always play fair. And, of course, Virgo is really one for being fair. You know, they're like, that's not fair, <laughs> which I used to say a lot until I realized life was not fair. Um, now I go, you know, life's not fair. And they people go, yeah, it's not. And so, but, but she said to me, you know, Virgos are kind of naive. They kind of assume that everybody's going to play fair and be honest. And then uh, and not everybody plays honest. Not everybody plays fair. And she says, so maybe you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. And I'm like, wow, okay, because I was blaming myself for something. And, um, and so kind of watch for those interesting conversations that make you go, aha. You know, and that's the whole point. I mean, that's why I learned astrology was this guy read this book of numbers and knew all this stuff about my ex. And, and I was like, how do you know all that from reading a book of numbers? I want to do that so I don't make the same mistake twice. Virgo, right? And so honoring that we're all learning. We're in the school of learning here on Earth. And this week, next week, the eclipses, big learning, big aha moment. Not that you didn't see it before, but now you really see it. And you go, wow, I see it. And then you have to decide what you want to do with it. And it's very possible with the sun contraparallel and opposite Saturn and Pluto that you're going to say, I don't want to play or I don't want to do that anymore or I want to go do this other thing, so if you want to go do this with me, we can, but otherwise I'm going to leave and go off and do my own thing. So it's a really interesting week. There's a big mystic rectangle in the sky, which always means that we're making faded choices and inviting ourselves in. There's also a hammer of Thor, and hammers of Thor are really cool. I mean, it's these. <coughs> Excuse me, I guess that's true. Hammers of Thor are really cool because what they do is they invite us to transform things and to say, okay, let me look at that in a new way. And they also point out what's true and what's not true. And so with the hammer of Thor, um, you know, being activated, we want to kind of watch that energy as it kind of gets turned on and triggered. And the hammer of Thor is running. Uh, hammers of Thor are, thorned, are formed by two planets in a square. In this case, Jupiter and Neptune are square each other. And a third hammer, a third planet, is sesquiquadrate from the two of them. And in this case, it's Mercury and Mars. So Mercury and Mars are sesquiquadrate to the square of Jupiter and Neptune, which suggests that you should be looking at people that further your dream and say, you know, that's my dream. I want to do that. And you, Or you look at them and go, you know, that's not my dream. That's not how my dream works. My dream works this way. And either way, with the hammer of Thor... If they help your dream, it allows you to bring it in, 
And if they don't help your dream, excuse me, it, it helps you bring it out. Okay, helps you get rid of it. So your job is to know that this week with Mercury and Mars aspecting the the square of Jupiter and Neptune, and of course Mercury is going to come back and do it again. Mars is on it right now. That Mercury's stationing to go retrograde, so he's going to say, "Well, maybe we should reconsider that dream," and he'll come back through it again in August. <coughs> so we watch um, this week because the the you know our our dreams are going to get smited. <laughs> now smiting can be good. Smiting is you know you knock the top off the mountain. That's what Thor's hammer could do. It would make beautiful jewelry. It would play music. But then when somebody walked in at the dream. The hammer of Thor didn't really like it. would kind of growl, and Thor would look at the person and go, you know, my hammer doesn't like you. And the person would go, is that a bad thing? And Thor would go, yeah, actually it is, because, you know, it's warning me. So watch for the warnings this week. Watch for the things that don't work with your vision of who you are. Watch for the things that invite you, <coughs> excuse me, to change it up, because you're being asked to change it up, to build your dream. Okay, so forward we go with the moons. Um, so this week, the heavy-duty days, per Donald, whose great suggestion this was, are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. <laughs> you get to rest on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But you are going to be hopping Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. A lot of activity in the sky, a lot of activity with the planets. Monday, Tuesday is no energy. Wednesday, Thursday is yes energy. Friday is maybe I will, maybe I won't. Saturday is, yeah, I probably will. I really think that's a good idea. And then uh, Sunday the 14th is, no, I'm probably not going to do that. So kind of just know that these are the energies. So the moon this week, today, right now, it's in Virgo. And it went void today, <coughs> excuse me, at 12.50 p.m., right around lunchtime. It's void now. And tonight it goes into Libra uh, at 2.07 you know, a.m. on the 8th. And it's in Libra on Monday and Tuesday, and it goes void at 3.35 p.m. on the 9th, on Tuesday the 9th, with a square to Pluto. So then it's void all um, Tuesday afternoon and early evening. And so the energy of the void moon and, of course, the square to Pluto is an energy of no or separating. And also on, um, on the 9th, <coughs> excuse me, sun is opposite Pluto. Or, sun, I'm sorry, sun is opposite Saturn which says, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm maybe not going to do that, or I'm going to separate from that. I don't know that I want to do that. Sun opposite, sun opposite uh, Saturn happens once a year, but this is kind of potent because the sun is, of course, you know, hanging out with the nodes of fate, and it's also hanging out opposite Saturn and Pluto or hanging on the nodes of fate. So the, the ninth has a lot of departure energy. Then the moon is void from 3.35 p.m. on the 9th and goes into Scorpio at 5.29 a.m. Again, these are all East Coast times on the 10th. It's in Scorpio on the 10th and the 11th, and it goes void at 8.28 p.m. on the 11th with a lovely sextile to Pluto. Um, so that's a nice energy kind of moving forward. And um, we do find in that energy, Mars is going to be square to Uranus, so kind of unexpected changes and endings or shifts. But the sun is also trying to Neptune, inviting us to um, work on our dreams. Then the moon is void at 11, uh, on the 11th at 8.28 p.m., and it's void until 11.05 in the morning on the 12th, and then it goes into Sag, and it's in Sag on the 12th, on the 13th, going void at 9.31 p.m. with a square to Neptune. 
And remember, the moon and you know the moon and Sag is going to come and meet up with Jupiter and then carry the energy from Jupiter to that square to Neptune. It's called translation of the lights. We use it in horary, but it also works in astrology. So the the Friday has a lot of opportunity to make dream work on your dreams and make them happen or make them come true, and then. The moon is void from 9.30 p.m. on the 13th, and it goes into Capricorn at 7.05 p.m. on the 14th. So it's void all day on Sunday the 14th, too, in Sagittarius, making it a good day to get stuff done. And then the moon, even though it's void, like working on projects and stuff, and then the moon goes into Capricorn um, on the 14th at 7.05 p.m., and it's in Capricorn on the 14th, the 15th, and it goes void at 5.38 p.m. on the full moon lunar eclipse on the 16th. So it's a pretty potent week, and when we get to the 14th, on Sunday the 14th, um, the, the, um, the sun is opposite Pluto that day. So we've got the sun opposite Pluto and the sun opposite Saturn this week, which is a lot of relationship shifts and changes, where you say, you know, that was fun, I had a really good time, but I'm kind of maybe doing something different now, or I have a different plan, or I'd like to do that again. It was fun, but we do need to change Saturn-Pluto, the structure of the deal, or I'm not going to do it. Or I want to do it, but the structure of the deal maybe needs to be shifted a little bit to make it more workable for me, right? So just know those are the kind of conversations, and they're really tied to your creativity. And again, the first three day, th- first four days of the week are really big. Um, and then we get into, you know, sun opposite Pluto on Sunday. We kind of are like, okay, that's finished. So that was the moon. Uh, the sun this week is very busy, and he's whipping along from 14 Cancer to 21. And you know what that means. That means he's playing with Saturn and Pluto this week and with the nodes of fate because those are in that section of the sky. So the sun has a, um, a square to Athena, uh, which is I'm I'm taking a new approach to my strategies with stuff, and Athena's in Libra. So she's got a different approach that she wants to take, and he has a sesquiquadrate to Ceres. So I used to nurture this way, but now I'm going to nurture a little different. Again, this is, a good, this is a good week for working on diets and doing health changes because the sun rules your habits and the moon and it's in cancer, the sign of the moon, your habits, and Saturn and structure is saying, hey, you know, Saturn and Pluto are saying, hey, let's restructure our habits. So it's a great week to do it. I know in my case, I cleaned out my refrigerator and I bought a lot of vegetables. I mean, I have a lot of vegetables anyway, but um, I bought the ones I like. You know, I had, well, you know, I bought dip for the ones I like. I guess that's a better way to say it. Got a lot of pea pods this week in my CSA. And I had pea pods for dessert for dinner last night. Uh, So the sun is in conjunct Jupiter on the 8th, which is an adjustment to the dream or an adjusting energy, wants to shift and change how it works. Um, And then on the 9th, the sun is opposite Saturn, uh, and that happens at 107. And then at 11.37 p.m., the sun hits that south node. uh, And it opposes the south node, hits the north node on the 9th. So that's a new opportunity or a new offer or a new direction. Then on the 9th, uh, the sun is also contraparallel and parallel to the nodes of fate, which is a big deal because normally um, the nodes and the sun don't travel together, but because we're on eclipses, they do. And because the sun is on the north node, it really is wanting to bond and move forward in some new creative way. And when we get to the 9th, of course, the moon is in Libra, Um, So it's saying, I'm going to bond with this because this is in the best interest of my relationship, even though it might be a little hard on our partnership, 
right? So it's it's what you want to do is what's best for you. Um, and don't worry about maybe you were naive or you didn't really see it before. Now you see it, so now you have to do it differently, right? That's the whole point. It doesn't. If you didn't see it, you don't have to do it the same whole way. But once you see it, and then you do it again, you're complicit, right? You know. So thank you, thank you, Verlaine, for saying to me, well, you're kind of naive. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you pointing that out. Um, the sun is also quintile Uranus, which has a lot of energy to do with how we create. So that's happening on the 10th, so very creative day on the 10th. And remember, the 10th and the 11th are very creative this week. And um, the sun is contraparallel Jupiter on the 11th, which kind of, or on the 10th rather, which kind of pushes us into, um, you know, like a, a little bit of a struggle with Jupiter. And remember, Jupiter's a little bit in excess because he's a Sag, and the sun's in Cancer, so it's a little sensitive. And on that day, it's answering to the moon in Scorpio, so it's kind of aware of money and value and worth and kind of trying to work that out. Sun is also trying to Neptune um, on the 11th at 1230, which is, you know, what's the dream? Uh, what's the dream you want to work at? Remember, Neptune's in Pisces. Sun's going to be at 18 saying, well, what is your dream? And then very quickly on the heels, on the 11th, even though the moon is in Scorpio with good closing aspects, the sun is opposite Pluto and Saturn by contraparallel. So he's looking at them and he's saying, yeah, I, I understand the structure of this, but I guess I'm trying to figure out like how it works for me. You're going to hear people saying that all week. This doesn't work for me. Or, you know, this could work for me if you did this or if this happened. I could work with this situation, but if this doesn't, I can't work with it. And so watch for that sun opposite the Saturn-Pluto because he's going to really speak to opposite them by contraparallel, opposite Saturn um, on the 9th and then opposite Pluto on the 11th. So kind of just know that that's part of the story. And he is opposite Pluto on next Sunday the 14th. And then he's opposite Saturn this week on the 9th. So this is a big decision week for the sun. How does he want to shine? Where does he want to spend his time? He also has a biquintile to Jupiter on the 14th, which is a very nice energy for creativity. So there's a lot of interest and a lot of energy with the sun in terms of seeing stuff, especially because he's rolling through the nodes of fate and he's rolling opposite Saturn and Pluto and he's rolling in conjunct to Jupiter and he's rolling trying to Neptune. So the in conjunct to Jupiter and Neptune in conjunction with Jupiter and the trine to Neptune, are really about, okay, work on your dream. What is your dream, not other people's dreams? And then the aspects with Saturn and Pluto is saying, what structures do you need to have in place to move forward? Mercury, as we mentioned this week, is going retrograde, and he stations retrograde today at 427 and 714, and then he's going to join up with Mars on the 8th, and Mercury and Mars is a little bit contentious, but Mercury and Mars also says, you know, this is how it, these are the actions I need to take to get what I want. And remember, Mercury um, kind of has a little bit of a bad reputation in Leo because it's all about him, right? And we like to have the conversation, well, you know, enough about you, let me talk about me again, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so Mercury, actually I said that quote wrong, enough about me, let's talk about you and what you think of me. That's the right way to say it. So in retrograde, you have to redo things, right? <laughs> so Mercury's meeting up with Mars. That happens on the 8th at 6.27 p.m., which is making a contract, making a deal, working for, moving forward on a deal, uh, moving forward in a com commitment. And remember, it's Mercury retrograde, so the commitment might change, but there's an opportunity to redo or revise it. 
And with Mercury in a quintile to Athena on the 11th at 2.51, there's an opportunity there to kind of shift stuff. Now, as Mercury goes into his sesquiquadrate with Neptune this week, as does Mars, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but as he moves into the sesquiquadrate to um, Neptune, and Mars does on the 7th, Mercury does it on the uh, on the 12th, there's an opportunity here to restructure things to help the take action, communication, to make the dream change, to allow the dream to happen in a new way. 14th, Mercury, Quinn de Chile, South Node. Any health aspects on that, especially around 5.30 at night, on next Sunday, go to the doctor. Yeah, there's a health aspect there. There's also more pet aspects. This week, my friend's horse died. Um, I had two more dead, two more dead cats. It's a hard week on pets, but that's because we're changing our lives. Um, so we have Venus this week, and she's in early cancer. Her most exciting thing is her sextile to Uranus on the 8th, which is new and exciting ways to make money or to create things or get stuff done. And she also has a nice aspect to Vesta, on the 14th, she does have a little bit of a health aspect on the 9th. Again, to the doctor on the 9th, any kind of health things up. Mars this week is sesquiquadrate to Neptune on the 7th, triggering that hammer of Thor. And also Mars is square Uranus on the 11th, which is a breakup aspect where you say, nah, not doing it. Mars is quintichili Pluto on the 12th, health aspect, go to the hospital. Again, eclipses often bring up health aspects. Jupiter is sextile to uh, Athena on the 7th, and that's kind of a good energy, you know, good ideas, new patterns coming in. And Saturn is parallel Pluto, which happens once every 29 years, on the 15th next Monday, which is, okay, this is the new structure we're building. And Saturn is square Athena on the 15th, also saying, okay, what's the structure look like? This week also on the 8th, on Sunday, I'm sorry, not on Sunday, on Monday, Chiron stations to go retrograde. He's stationing at five Aries. And, of course, that makes our wound come up. So just be aware that everybody's going to be walking around a little wounded this week. I should have probably spent some more time on Chiron. He's in Aries, and he's kind of like, I, I, you know, that hurts. And you go, I know, it hurts. Also, watch for new partnerships coming in with Uranus Parallel Juno on the 10th. Uh, new ideas, new partnerships, new creative energies, new forward motion. So on that note, the British lady is telling me I'm done. Wish you all a great eclipse and a great week. And uh, remember, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wild and crazy. And then you process Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday is a little more dicey, but it's a void moon, so it can be fun. Um, and then moon goes into Capricorn, again, leading us right into that full moon eclipse. You're really seeing things clearly. Believe it when you see it. Don't let them talk you out of it. And on that note, I'm signing off from the bright red desk, and I wish you a great week. Bye.